Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Travel Thursday. Ever get the chance to experience a Star Alliance airport lounge? Oh, yeah, for sure. Have you? Yeah, I don't really lounge around at the airport. I'm mm. always moving around, getting ready for, you know, my flights, my long flight. I do leave some time aside for lounging around. So okay. I might go in, sit down, have a drink, eat something, check my email before check taking email, off. Of <laughs> that sort of thing. Okay. So I do enjoy the lounge experience personally. Uh, yeah, and I know a lot of people do. Um, and, you know, while you will generally be treated the best when you're flying your airline, mm. uh, there are certain perks that you can expect regardless of uh, which member airline that you fly on. Yes, so these are one of the, this is rather one of the major benefits of global alliances. It's all about reciprocal elite recognition across airlines. So while you'll generally be treated the best when flying your airline, there are certain perks you can expect regardless of which member airline you fly. So we are talking about Star Alliance and, you know, if you are a Star Alliance Goal member through United Mileage Plus, you can expect expect some level of recognition regardless of whether you fly, say, Air Canada, Brussels Airlines, Egypt Air, Singapore Airlines, Swiss, or, you know, there are quite a number of airlines in that alliance. Mm, yeah, indeed. Uh, COVID-19, however, did hit the aviation and travel sector hard. We all know this. Borders closed up all around the world. But as many countries enter the endemic stage, what do those in this sector particularly need to do to evolve and survive in the new normal? Let's uh, catch up with Jeffrey Goh, Chief Executive Officer for Star Alliance. Good morning, Jeffrey. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you very much. Uh, it was interesting to hear your remarks on uh, global airline alliances. Yes. Happy to join. This is a hot topic, isn't it? But I, I suppose, I mean, get us reacquainted with Star Alliance. It was founded back in 1997. Who's on it? What's its role in the aviation sector? Well, we're a 26th large uh, global airline alliance, and uh, the key proposition of the alliance is really to establish a global and comprehensive network that enables us to uh, connect people and culture across the world. And, of course, the important part is not just simply connecting, but to make sure that that connection is seamless as much as possible. And I think prior to the pandemic, we have begun to pivot, not just towards physical seamlessness of the experience of a customer, where you, you know, connect from one terminal to another, but also to focus more on the transactional experience or transactional seamless experience for a customer, which means that, you know, you can select your seat for the next second and third and the fourth flight uh, without having to download four or five different apps of our member airlines. Uh, so that's some of the things that we have begun to do by digitalizing many of these experiences. Uh, but of course, you know, the pandemic over the last two years have slowed things down somewhat. But I'd you know, I'd like to say that we have not really moved away from our, our DNA of moving forward with uh, our digitalization efforts, including, for example, things like biometrics. When we first started the program, it was more about seamlessness, but the narrative changed over the last two years is more about touchless uh, as a proposition from the biometric solution. Mm, yeah, certainly because of COVID-19, obviously. I do note that you've won several awards, the Air Transport Award in 2021, as well as this year. What are the major factors, you would say, have garnered you these awards? What exactly do you work on in order to ensure that you're recognized on the international stage? 
Yeah, so great question there. I think for the better part of our 25 years, I'd like to say maybe 20 years of that, we were very focused on membership growth and we were adding airlines around the world to make sure that we had a global comprehensive network. But in 2017, about five years ago, we made a decisive shift in our strategy to really focus on how we can make the customer journey better. And this is, uh, as I tried to explain earlier, about making that experience transactionally seamless as well as physically seamless for, for, for our customers. You know, we have 26 airline members. We do not expect our customers to download 26 apps uh, when they want to travel, when they want to check in, when they want to check the status of their bags, regardless of who they fly with. And so uh, how do we make the app that you are used to, your, your, your app of choice, the super app, so that as you were implying in your opening remarks, whoever you fly with, you should be able to track the status of your bag. Whoever you fly with, you should be able to check in using the app of your choice. Um, so those are some of the things from a digital perspective we've been, we've been working on. Now, you remember the days when you collected your million miles and you tried to redeem it, you'll call a call center. And then you wait 12 and a half minutes for somebody to answer the call and tell you that you know, the date that you want for a number of people doesn't, you know, is not available. But today, that is now in the control of your hands. In your smartphone, in your tablet, you simply log on to the website of your choice. You, you can see the inventory like you would buy a normal ticket. And so you have control of that, whether you do it in the bus, you do it in, uh, in the bedroom, you do it in the office. And those are some of the digitalization and automation efforts that we have made, even prior to the, uh, the COVID crisis already. And with that, obviously, we're recognizing the digital era of the new consumers and the new public, traveling public. And, and that, that's how we've pivoted in the last five years or more. Jeffrey, having a super app is going to be great for your customers. I'm sure a lot of people will, will testify to that. What does it mean for back-end operations, though? And with regard to that, how hard or how easy was it to convert or pivot some of these back-end operations to go into the more tech side of things? Yeah, great question. Again, you know, I think, you know, the airline industry is not always known uh, for its, you know, forward-looking technology platforms and systems. Uh, but I think the new technology and advances that we have achieved have made it easier uh, to enable us to connect these back-end services of our member airlines. And, you know, what one of the competencies that we have at Star Alliance is to build what we call the middleware uh, in technology terms that enables our, our airline members to connect into the middleware and the middleware will connect to you know, the other airline members. Otherwise, if you imagine 26 member airlines, you need to connect 25 times um, to be able to establish the, uh, the services. All they need to do now is really establish one connection, one pipeline into our platform, and then you'll do the rest of the connections to the other to the other member airline. So, I think uh, with the passage of time, it's made it made it much easier in terms of connecting the technologies and the web services of enterprises, not just member airlines. We alluded briefly to the impact of COVID-19 on the sector, and I think this is definitely worth delving deeper into through your lens. How are you seeing the magnitude of COVID-19 on Star Alliance, as well as its various services, not just the airline and flying uh, part of it, but of course, airport lounges and so on? Yeah, so there are a couple of um, observations to, to make for that. I think this has been an unprecedented crisis that really challenged the existence of the industry. Uh, no one has, you know, we've never expected this. No one could have planned for this. The debilitating effects were wide and, and deep. Uh, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, financially, uh, you know, it's an asset-heavy industry. You know, when you have no revenue income coming in, you have a lot of costs going out. 
Um, but thankfully, as history has shown again and again, this industry and not just Star Alliance and its member airlines uh, have been a very resilient industry. Um, you know, in terms of seeking uh, different modalities of financing, whether through capital uh, equity raising or support from the government or some other forms of uh, restructuring, modernization. It's really, the, the resilience is really a, a, a DNA of the, of the industry. And, and, it's, and we're witnessing it right now. I mean, if you look at the number of airlines that are no longer around as a result of um, the COVID crisis, strictly speaking as a result of the COVID crisis, not because they were already having underlying challenges, it's really been far and few and far between. Uh, many of the airlines that were there prior to COVID are still there today. So I think that's really is a testimony to the resilience of, of, of the industry. Um, for Star Alliance, obviously, we were not immune. We and our member airlines were not immune, um, but we had to keep the clock ticking over. Our lounges were closed uh, for the better part of two years. We're beginning and gradually reopening uh, the lounges. Uh, but I think the important thing now is to restore confidence in the traveling public, establish some incentives for them to return to traveling again. And we've seen that. The moment restrictions are removed, bookings have spiked. And this is now really the ball is in the court of the authorities and the governments to help to restore travel confidence in, in, in travel again. But one of the things I think is worth saying during the crisis as part of the restoring confidence efforts uh, was really to assure customers that flying was safe and we work with our member airlines to establish um, hygiene safety protocols across the alliance so it doesn't matter who you flew with you can be assured that there will be free masks on board there will be standard operating procedures on board if a customer fell ill there will be uh, personal uh, a PPE uh, sort of um, equipment on board for, for um, staff of the airline and so on and so forth. So across the alliance, doesn't matter who you flew with, you, had, you, know, you would have had the same standards in terms of hygiene safety. Jeffrey Goh, Chief Executive Officer for Star Alliance, is on the line with us. Jeffrey, pardon me for this question. I, I'm curious. I mean, I, I know you've answered a lot of it in parts. You've got a super app now. Things are opening up again. Post-pandemic, what does it mean in terms of customer engagement? I'm sure that's changed. But at the same time, have people forgotten how to be service staff? Because we've all just kind of been desperate for survival. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, you know, importantly, prior to COVID, and obviously has become more accentuated over the last couple of years, is the recognition for businesses, and not just really for airlines, but for star lines here, we've appreciated that customers and consumers are going to be always connected, and they're going to be mobile first. And that means they expect information on demand services at fingertips. And uh, that means it follows It is not just a transactional relationship that customers are necessarily looking for. It is about the experience and how do you personalize the experience. Because digitalization, which happened before COVID already, really is not just about more access to information, but it's also more access to choices now. Customers have more choices as a result of digitalization. And we've got to recognize that. And that means that there is an impact on how you address strategically your loyalty proposition. Is it simply about brand 
or is it about experience? And that's a conversation that is happening mm. within the industry, and I'm sure it is also in other industries, right? So these are, you know, I think digitalization and of course sustainability has become a very key mm. uh, topic for our industry. I mean, the train has really left the station on there. We are really having to address that. But these are, you know, imperatives, emerging imperatives already for business successes, and we really need to address that. The pandemic has really just emphasized the importance of some of these imperatives for business successes. Let's talk more about sustainability, because I do recall that when air travel came to a standstill, a lot of green advocates, a lot of environmentalists celebrated. But we know that that in itself is not a sustainable solution, right? Air travel will resume. So what measures are you taking as an alliance of airlines to mitigate environmental impacts, even as we open up and continue air travel? Indeed, indeed. I think, as I said, I mean, this, you know, for for the longest time, the airline industry, you know, had three stakeholders, which are your employees, your customers, and your shareholders. Now you've got a fourth stakeholder, which is the you know, uh, environmental sustainability. Um, and, you know, consumers are, you know, very conscious of the importance of this topic um, in making the choices. This is part of the consideration. And what is important, I think, for businesses and for us as the airlines is uh, how do we take control of the messaging and not let the messaging be, you know, and not let the parties take over the messaging. Uh, But this must not be only about greenwashing. I think you've got to be able to back it up with, um, you know, actions of what, what you commit to. So last year, at least at Star Alliance, we adopted a sustainability statement across the alliance where we commit to achieving the industry goal of net zero carbon emissions essentially by 2050. It's a very big and uh, high ambition to achieve given where we are today. And across the spectrum of activities of our members and, you know, in fairness, the industry as well, you know, from single-use plastics um, to better operational efficiency, you know, using one engine instead of two engines when you taxi from the gate to the runway, uh, you know, so, so, so those sort of things, and reducing um, unnecessary heavy materials on board. So you, now you don't see in-flight magazines on board, you, don't, you hardly see newspapers on board anymore, mm-hmm. um, and these are all part of the effort of not just reducing those raw materials materials that have sustainability impact, but also reducing weight uh, for the flight, which means less um, less fuel burn. And then on the topic of fuel, obviously, you know, the industry is pivoting towards uh, biofuels, sustainable aviation fuels. And you know, the, the belief here is that it is the one thing that will have the greatest impact in terms of um, driving us towards uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. But right now, Sustainable aviation fuel is limited in supply, mm-hmm. which means it's very expensive. And it is, in our view, at least not fair uh, to just look to the airlines to be the ones that will solve this problem on um, sustainability. The airports have a role in this. Uh, the uh, aircraft manufacturers have a role in this. The engine makers have a role in this. Governments have a role in this in establishing policies and, and, and frameworks um, to, 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 to purchase SAF. Um, and corporations also uh, have, a, uh, have a, you know, a, stakeholder, a stake in this. Uh, you know, as they travel, you know, big conglomerates travel, they're also looking to reduce their carbon footprint. So what, what, what role do they have in working together as an industry um, to try to achieve um, sustainable air travel going forward? Yeah. Uh, hey, Jeffrey, you oh, you were also one of the key speakers at the Singapore ABEX Business Summit. Uh, it's one of the biggest hybrid business events of the year so far. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience and what's the hot topic that everyone was discussing there? 
great question. Indeed, I was there. And uh, well, first and foremost, it was fabulous to be able to go to such a big in-person <laughs> event. Um, you know, it's refreshing after having spent two years talking to the screen. Um, mm. That was uh, was fantastic. That was really fantastic. And second, I think you know, you, you know, these sort of conferences, huge global conferences such as these, they allow opportunities to really learn and network from really great industry experts, diplomats, business entrepreneurs. You know, to see where where things are headed in terms of you know the, the, the business environment globally mm-hmm. as well as regionally. Um, but the two topics, are, at least for the time that I was there, was really about you know what does the future ASEAN consumer look like or looks forward to. Uh, and secondly, and then I think pivoting around that was the importance of sustainability as ASEAN consumers become more savvy uh, in terms of making choices. So those were part of the key um, sort of connected world, the smart world and the green world. Mm, so considering the bullet points within the issues that you have just brought up, what is your projection for airline industry recovery moving forward? Do you have a projection? When do you think we'll return to pre-COVID norms? Yeah, okay, this has been a sort of, if you look back the history of the last two years, you know, the, the, the graph would be very volatile in terms of predictions of when re- recovery would, uh, would really take place. Um, but I think if you take the most recent predictions, um, you know, the expectation is that by 2023, probably late 2023, going into 24, we will come close to the 2019 uh, levels of passenger numbers. Uh, that's certainly the expectation. And, you know, this was probably the expectation. Of, well, this was the expectation in the second half of last year until Omicron hit us in November and December. And that took us down a little bit uh, in terms of projections. And then as we went into February, you know, there was great optimism. I think we, we hit a low point and uh, we turned around. Then you have, as this industry is always susceptible to external factors like wars, um, and that has, I think, impacted to some degree. It's still a little bit early to see, but it has affected booking numbers. But if 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 you if you take out that part of it, then I think we're on a very good road for recovery, um, certainly from the northern summer of this year onwards. Yeah, I'm going up in the air in May, so it's recovery time for me. I'm ready. <laughs> Jeffrey Go, Chief Executive Officer for Star Alliance, on the line with us. Jeffrey, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.